we are trying to save the environment in a radical and effective way. <laughs> Sometimes it's necessary, man. I mean, like, you don't gotta tell me twice. Yeah, you don't like sign up for your riots. Let's go. It's like, are we in a cult right now? Like, how do they not see that this is weird? Like, right, like those are the red flags. Vibes. <laughs> and it, like, and they're like. The parents are, like, so proud. And it's to the point where even, like, the religion is is deep into it because the priest is, like, it's a sin. Or it was, like, it's wrong for you to care about animals this much. Like, care about animals more than humans or equal to humans because animals don't have souls, which is incorrect. But it's, like, this whole thing. I was, like, have you ever seen... All I mean, dogs go to heaven. We have souls, you know. You know what I mean. It's just like, like, what even is a soul? You don't even know what a soul is. Animals <laughs> can have it. Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous. Yeah. stuff you know as yeah. we do as we be doing uh and we're talking about eco horror in our media literacy show that talks about the real life historical and ecological reasonings behind our cinematic fears um and they're very real <laughs> and it makes you afraid and also it's gonna make you very angry i hope this episode makes you angry and also empowered maybe yeah yeah uh it's honestly like <laughs> I really just loved how this lady in the film is like presented as if she's some like kind of crazy person, but also like everything she's saying is real. <laughs> and I love that like she's seen at the end of it, spoilers, um, as a hero, you know? She does. She does. Um, she, she's doing. I think it's the astrology that seems crazy to me. Like, where she's yeah. like, I can tell when you're going to die because of where the stars were. Like, that can't, can't say I believe. But all the other stuff, solid. Checks out. Yeah. I believe in the moon stuff because we're made of water. So it makes sense that we yeah, would but be affected would by the moon cycles. Die. Yeah, that one I don't know. I don't know. When you were born kind of thing. That yeah. I don't get. Like, active, like, what's happening with the space right now? Yeah. What yeah. happened years ago? No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to affect today. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. We're talking about Spore, which is a Polish eco-horror film. Or eco-thriller. Yes. Yeah. This is not really horror. It's Yeah, it wasn't it's especially scary. Thriller, serial yeah. killer, that kind of thing. Murder mystery. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> real Scooby-Doo, real whodunit. Yeah. Uh, and it is, like I said, Polish. And I am loving Polish films. I'm having a good time. Uh, yeah, they've been, we've had some winners lately, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Lore, the name of the director was Agnieszka, and the name of the director for this film is Agnieszka. But they are different. They're not the same person. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I like that name. And yeah, as a, a cool Polish name. person, I'm like, do I want now I don't think I'll name my spawn Agnieszka, but still a cool name. Only because I can't really spell it unless I look. 
don't want to do that to my kid. Um, so we're going to talk about Spore, which is really interesting, very long, um, but charming in some ways and stressful in others. It was recommended to us by Sarah Mueller of CineSpeak, which is a local organization here in Philadelphia that does screenings and also has um, a, a periodical that I write for every now and again uh, and all kinds of other things. Sarah's amazing. And when she heard I liked eco-horror, she was like, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's on the list. And then when we were picking eco-horror, it went right onto it. Nice. We did it. Champions. Done. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. (laughs) All right. So, Spore from 2017 is about Janina Dusheshko. An elderly woman lives alone in the Klodzko Valley, where a series of mysterious crimes are committed. Dushezko is convinced that she knows who or what is the murderer, but nobody believes her. And it's directed by Agnieszka Holland and Kasia Adamek. Uh, who's the collaborate, collaborating director and that and Agnieszka's daughter, which cool. I thought was cute, um, especially because this film is incredibly feminist. <laughs> it's like I saw somewhere it dubbed as an eco-feminist film, and I was like, yeah, and yeah. the Earth is feminine, <laughs> like a Mother Earth, that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, all the feminines in there, uh, fan presenting as it is. Um, so uh, that was fun. It was a little fun, fun fact. Uh, I wanted to start this section by saying that I think we can all agree that Poison Ivy is not really a villain. Yes. Poison Ivy from the Batman world. Uh, She is an environmental activist. And in a world with a city like Gotham that's full of, like, creeps and larger-than-life characters that are intent on selfish, greedy, evil things, Poison Ivy is a hero. (laughs) <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, honestly, a lot of them are kind of sad. There's, like, ones that I feel really bad about, like, uh, you know, Mr. Freeze or whatever. That's just our failed healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's him, right? So, but Poison Ivy is not really a villain. Um, so, and, you know, Bane, our con- incarceration system right there. Like, you know, but there's a lot of them. Can't get in. Crooked Cops, dime a dozen. All right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, mafia men anarchists that aren't even really anarchists whatever that's my honest opinion and this film is poison ivy to me yeah (laughs) i agree eco-terrorism for the win yeah it is (laughs) eco-terrorism where we are trying to save the environment in a radical and effective way (laughs) sometimes it's necessary man i mean like you don't gotta tell me twice (laughs) <laughs> you don't like sign up for your riots let's go um this film uh it's so it's rare for me to be like eh, okay murder is okay sometimes uh but this film made me think that <laughs> so uh as a vegetarian as an animal lover uh as someone who is like deep into eco horror and just like traumatized by what we're doing to the environment and how little yeah. time we have here and absolutely frustrated at the people in power for being ignorant to it and like making us feel guilty for having plastic bags when we have entire corporations that are shipping off their used plastic to other countries so they end up disposing of it and so we don't look bad like (sighs) (laughs) anyway all of those things makes me feel like poison ivy is very valid and so is the character in this film that i'm going to tell you about so this eco-noir I will yeah. 
uh, features a serial killer, stalking the small town of Klodzko Valley and killing off local men. It's eco-feminist. Um, I'm kidding. It's also not like misand... Mis- it's not misandry. Misandric. I don't know what the proper tense of that is, but it's not... There's no misandry. It's not like, I hate men. There's good men in this film. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, bad men are being killed off. Uh, these men are far from innocent. They have committed many murders themselves. Yeah. Those murders were of animals and local wildlife, but it's still murder, especially because uh, they're poachers. They're doing it off-season and excessively and they're also misogynist and they're holding the rural village hostage to their whims and it's regardless of any laws uh and uh there's something strange about this particular killer in that you wonder could it be an animal taking revenge on these evil men yeah and i agree with it is murder because of the fact that we share the genes of other creatures on this planet, which is what we talked about in Annihilation, is that we share the d- genetic hox gene makeup of other pl- all the creatures on this planet. We are made up of all the things. So for us to have the audacity to be like, killing an animal in a really brutal and disgusting way, that's not murder. It's like, no, nah, it still is, though. It still is. Just You don't know what's inside their brains. Yeah. You assume you know everyone's it's like it makes me want to yell but i'm not going to (laughs) it's one of like the tells like there you can't really tell if someone's going to be a serial killer you know but there's like those very few things that a lot of them have in common and oftentimes it's like killing animals at a young age and i'm like why do we think that there's an age limit to that being a a, a red flag (laughs) because because like i get like some of them that like will hunt deer or whatever because there's like overpopulation or they're trying like there's some point to that that there's control and there's reason for it or if you're treating it like indigenous peoples where you're using every piece of it and you're paying respect to it saying thank you also totally okay but there's like these specific ones and a lot of like just poachers who are doing it for kicks um or just doing it to feel some kind of power and that's a red flag that is very scary to me and i don't know why we think that it's okay to just be like they're older now so it's not like i i would feel uncomfortable i'd be like if you can kill this pig who can feel pain and has exhibited that it does understand it and is smarter than dogs then how can I be sure you can't kill me? Like, I do yeah. not feel safe around you. That's a, it's a very, I think it ties into like that whole wanting to have power over something else. And that a lot of the most deplorable acts that humans commit stem from that, mm-hmm. um, that it, 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 it all correlates. And I agree with you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's like the people who like kill bears. And you're like, for why? <laughs> like, what are they? They do nothing. You're not going to eat it. It's just because you want to say you killed a grizzly bear. Like, big whoop. Um, yeah. It's it's gross. People kill lions. Like, why? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's so gross. And, like, they take pictures. Like, the trophies. I can't. Um, I feel like uh, in Ace Ventura, the, fir- the first one? Yes. The one yes. where he gets in the I room and it's song. full of it and you're just like, yes. <laughs> There's, and it's like a second, reasonable it's response. A it's a reasonable response. Because the first one's very transphobic. We're not going to talk about that one. But the second yeah. one, uh, Call of the Wild or whatever, Nature Calls. Nature Calls. That's a good one. And that one has all the animals. And the little trash baby. 
<laughs> and he's holding on to it and, and it falls. I was like, I'd also go to a monastery. Anyway, um, <laughs> come back from my tangent. There's a murderer on the loose. Uh, and this film is uh, adapted from Olga Tukarks. I'm really sorry. Karzik's novel, uh, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead, which is now being added to my ever-growing eco-horror to-read list on Goodreads. <laughs> it is very Excellent. large right now. Every time I keep getting advertised, they're like, top 10 eco-horror books. I was like, all of them. <laughs> Adam, put, them, them. put them in there. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, one second. I want to see something. That's his own form of activism, too, and I'll get to that in my section, but like, that's important, and it's good that you do that. Thank you. Um, the film's Polish title is Pokot, uh, which refers to the traditional ritual ending of a group hunting expedition. It's a count of the slaughtered animals. So it's like we finished the thing um, and it's like men get slaughtered in this movie. We're kind of counting them up. Uh, while spore derived from Dutch, it means the track or scent of an animal. And both of them work <laughs> for what's going on um although i kind of like the pokot because that's like one of those things where it's like words in other languages that we don't have a word for um this film follows Dusheko, a woman who lives in a quaint little area of poland with her dogs and she is upset by these neighbors who hunt constantly like it's non-stop they're always doing it and there's also like a, a like a a fox farm and I don't know what you do with foxes, but they're like crying. Like she yeah. passes it like every day and they're crying. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't put it into perspective how messed up this place is. Um, the Throughout the film, we get these like title cards for each season, which shows like this little representation of which animals are up on the chopping block. But it's made very clear that the hunters don't actually care what's yeah. on the what's allowed um they're just killing whatever's around and a lot it's so excessive it's really gross like that's not how that works um because yeah that's just not how i that mean works. it's for sport not for necessity that's yeah. the problem inherently exactly uh um geez where am i okay we see uh, many of the wildlife that Poland has to offer in this film from boars, deer, foxes, like I said. Um, and we also learn about special insects that live there and only there, meaning that this plot of land should be protected. It should be deemed um, a sanctuary so that that uh, specific type of insect can spawn and create more of them because they're at risk because they don't exist anywhere else um and i found myself wondering if there were any game wardens around to enforce the laws um but this really seemed like a lawless land of obscene animal murder so if there is a game warden in poland i don't think the one that was in this town cared um yeah. which is sad in our heroine, I uh, was reminded of Raga from The Seer and the Unseen, um, an environment uh, that we covered, we talked yeah. to the director of, and um, uh, Sarah Dosa is a new film yeah. on Sundance. Uh, and Raga was an environmental advocate who spoke for the hidden people of Iceland. And Dushenko uh, was speaking for the animals of Poland. So. Yeah similar in that way um and when they were injured or died you could see the emotional toll it took on her that it seemed like she died with them every single time and throughout yeah. the film 
we get to know Dasheko and her little town. We meet the hunters and we learn that abuse doesn't stop at the animals and that justice isn't available for anyone on two legs or four. Um, because they like, they're abusive to the women in the town and there's clearly manipulation and yeah. who controls the police <laughs> and all yeah. of those things and like who's really protecting who and it's also a small town so everyone kind of knows each other um and everyone seems to hate her but she does find comfort in her misfit band of friends including a neighbor who has a dark fat dark past and a growing affection for her uh, a struggling young shopkeeper who's in a sticky situation uh, and a techie with a hidden disability who is full of charm and also uh, a quirky uh, equally nature-obsessed entomologist yes. um, and they become her tribe pretty yeah. much like throughout the thing so like I said only one of those is a, a fellow lady so it's not like all men <laughs> but it's all most of the men in this town uh so she's like, half of the story is like her developing these relationships and kind of finding a tribe, finding people who care about things like she does or appreciating yeah. nature in the way that she does. Um, and the other half is this murder mystery because slowly these evil hunters are conveniently uh, dropping like flies. Yeah. And Dusheko offers a reasonable explanation for this, saying that the animals are having their revenge. <laughs> so she saw that there were deer hoof prints at one of the scenes of one of the deaths. Uh, there was pheromones from that special beetle found on another victim. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the very same men who are abusing and attacking the natural world were the ones being attacked. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, this is nature <laughs> coming back. Like, why aren't you listening? And everyone's like, whatever. She's like dismissed. And the uh, the hunters just continue to be killed off and also to continue to kill. Um, yeah. She uh, even informs the detective of events that she found online in which bees strategically attacked someone and other instances of animals being put on trial for murder. Which, if we have time, I will tell you some of those cases. Um, at some point, like, when she's telling those and she's, like, stressed out and you really do start to care for her and she's been through a lot... Um, you might even believe her because, yeah. uh, like, I mean, obviously the deer aren't <laughs> killing, but to some degree it's like, have they evolved? Is there something going on? Um, but then it becomes really troubling when we realize that Dusheko may have been the last person to see each of these men alive. And she also happens to have new knowledge of the effects of certain pheromones from her friendship with the friendly entomologist. And she has a motive in the form of her missing and presumed dead puppies um, yeah. that we saw at the beginning and went missing and we were all pretty sure we were murdered by the hunters. At one point, she even asks about it, and they say if they didn't have a collar on, uh, they can legally be shot. That's insane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. Um, that's like... A, it, it, I, you can say anything about hunters that you want, but that's like a, a limit, right? Like, that's a threshold that a lot of people wouldn't want to cross, right? That's... Like, someone's pets, like a dog. Like, that's... People don't aren't on board with dogs being murdered i like that's a gotta be the biggest that's a big red flag i don't <laughs> i 
anyway, um, this town and the hunters have such little respect for not only animals, but also other humans. And there's a disgusting misogynistic element that plays into making Dusheko seem more like an anti-hero than an outright villain. Uh, she is caring and unassuming. And each of these hunters makes the grave mistake of not taking her seriously, going so far as to manhandle her in some scenes, like yeah. aggressively, because she's like freaking out at them and they're just like, uh, you know, letting her go. So in an L.A. Times article called Spore Review, Agnieszka Hollins unleashes an eco-feminist heroine by Katie Walsh. The writer explains the reverent feminism and unique perspective of an older female heroine single-handedly fighting the patriarchy. And she says, however, in respect due, this is the kind of film that could never be have been made by men. Tucker, because... Korzik and Holland uh, give us an older female heroine driven by mysticism, astrology, legend, and her primal personal connection to plants and animals, ancient feminine ways of knowing that are scoffed at by men. She fights back against the, this bloodthirsty, exploitative patriarchy, which often seems futile, but as bodies pile up mysteriously, surrounded by inse insects and animal tracks, it seems like nature is on her side. Um, and I completely agree with that because there's so much about it that is um it really kind of felt like like she was very like you're saying like she was seen as crazy and like yeah scoffed at but there is a strength in the fact that she is this older woman who like completely exists on her own and she takes care of everything on like she lives in her little house and she's got a garden and she like understands nature and she could exist on her own and that's like super strength <laughs> right there and like yeah an empowered existence um versus these like flimsy men who get their power off of hurting others. Um, and I think it was like kind of beautiful. And I also found some interesting notes about the director and Olga Tokarczuk, uh, the author of the novel, about the reception in their country. And so on NPR, uh, titled Polish Thriller Spore is a Pulpy Murder Story and a Utopian Fable by John Powers, they explain, now 72, Holland left Poland 40 years ago after her films were harshly censored by the Communist Party, beginning a remarkable career in the West that includes everything from Holocaust films to Henry James adaptations to episodes of The Wire. And despite her novel, her noble, um, her Nobel, she got a Nobel Prize, uh, or Nobel some kind of award for her writing. Um, Dekarzik is a is hugely controversial in her home country for speaking out against the current Polish government run by the nativist overtly authoritarian law and justice party. And that only strengthens uh, the story about one woman against a monumental patriarchal force of power. <laughs> like and and yeah. again, making her the hero. So it's like she is doing it. And I think the fact that you don't really suspect her through the majority of the film. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, I mean, like a part of me is like, it's very convenient. Uh, but she is so unassuming. And there's like a part where she's even like going to turn herself in 
for yeah. a different crime to like save a friend and they just dismiss her they're like no 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 <laughs> like we know that's this. not what you would do and then at some point it's just like so obvious because she's so overwhelmed and like it's clearly indoctrinated into their community because they have the kids participating and valuing oh my God, the yeah. murder of the animals and they're like putting on a play where they're gonna be the animals that are the murdered. most horrific like, song i've ever heard <laughs> yeah. <in my> life. <laughs> yeah i was like are we in a cult right now like how do they not see that this is weird like, right this like those is, are the red flags vibes. <laughs> and it, like and they're like the parents are like so proud and it's to the point where even like the religion is is deep into it because the priest is like it's a sin or it was like it's wrong for you to care about animals this much like care about animals more than humans or equal to humans because he, animals don't have souls which is incorrect but it's like this whole thing i was like it's have you audacity. ever seen all dogs go to heaven we have souls you know you know what i mean it's just like like what even is a soul you don't even know what a soul is animals can have jesus christ it's ridiculous yeah so there's like so many levels to this very toxic town and that it goes so deep to the point where like the only way to fight is to do this and she's she can do it because people don't take her seriously so she got away with it for a for a lot and then you know she goes off and has her own little utopia Away from people with people that she loves. And I was like, this is the best ending. Yeah. <laughs> the best ending to any of these films we've ever had. Yeah. I appreciated too the fact that she was older. Because um, yeah. that's something that's like something I hear a lot, which is just so incorrect. I think it's more like where it's like the older you get, the more conservative. I was like, no, the older I get, the more extremely radical I become. Um, and I just feel like. Her, she is a more accurate representation of what everyone should be turning into um, instead of like becoming more because it's like, no, it's actually like you learn more about the world or you actively choose not to. And then you yeah. just double down in your things. It's just so, we're only seeing these ones, you know? Yeah. So it's but like, we forget about the free love movement and all of the like. Yeah. Like there's older people who do that and then they hide them so that you don't think that that's what actually happens. It's just like, Are we forgetting Jane Fonda exists? Like yeah. <laughs> there are activists and they've been activists forever and <laughs> they were out there. It's not just like red, you know, Trump loving old people there. We're all out there. Yeah. Um, so I agree. And it is nice. Um to have her be so powerful in the end too yeah like when she's in she dones her like wolf costume i was like okay this is like the second time someone wore a wolf costume to murder and it was good yeah and i mean like there's something like powerful about that too in, in a feminist feminist sense in that like some like go ahead and underestimate mm -hmm. go ahead yeah and you make that mistake once. how quick uh <laughs> that was an incorrect assessment uh because ultimately that works to our advantage Mm -hmm. Also, I did love that when she goes to the costume party, she was the wolf and he was yeah. Little Red Riding Hood. That yeah. was super Their cute. whole dynamic was really sweet and I just really loved them. As, they were like, great. And I love that, like, it was like the big reveal. So, like, her love interest is this old man and his son is the detective. And so she, like, uh, is talking to the detective and he like has this big reveal to be like you shouldn't trust my father like you don't really know him and she's like why and he's like says that he was arrested for terrorism but it was because he was like gonna blow up he was gonna bomb this facility because they wouldn't take in his wife who was dying of an illness like it was because of the failed healthcare system again he's just Mr. <laughs> but it was uh <laughs> I was just like she, it was funny to me because he says that to her like oh now you can't trust him like he was a terrorist and she's like 
that's not because she like looks like the thing he needed to she's, do. To her, she was like, wow, he's an ally. Like, you know, like I trust him. And then it turns out like he was a really great ally to have because he knows how to fight back against the oppressing powers that be and help her yeah. escape. So it turned out being really good. But I, I just love that there was like <laughs> these two activists and they're old and they're just like, we've been fighting this whole time. We're not going to stop. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about the historical context of the fact that, like, World War II deeply impacted Poland and how they kind of intersected that history, I thought that was also really interesting. Yeah. Because um, at first when I saw, like, the bunker, I was like, why does he have that? And I was like, oh, yeah. yep. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah, that uh, lots of houses have those because of the yeah. times that yeah. the World War II makes sense. Um, That's why my family came here. (laughs) They left Poland to come here because of that. So, all right, take it away. Yeah. Uh, So, honestly, (laughs) I know this isn't about a real person, but that lady was, like, kind of my hero. I was like, the older I get, the more radical I become. And, like, I just leaned in really heavy to like that whole vibe so this film covers a lot of heavy topics like the horrors of overhunting the meat industry the brutalization of animals for human benefit and more we see this horror represented in the overall disrespect they like people specifically like in this film and also like throughout colonialism uh have for other creatures of this planet and the planet itself and this is highlighted throughout the film in the way in a way that i think was really impactful uh and i thought it was executed really well so while we aren't shown the consequences of the human impact on a planet in any large scale way uh we are shown a small sample of the damage that the brutality of human humanity is capable of as well as like the disturbing way in which that brutality and violence can be normalized under the guise of civilization and religion Mm -hmm. uh that there is a system in which powers that be intentionally monsterize or demoralize or dehumanize uh, whatever is categorized as some subhuman or not human for financial benefit. And the separation and justification of this murder and abuse done unto animals by humans with this guise that just because we think they don't have sentience, we think they don't have souls, uh, is pretty commonplace i think even with within like american society like i know mm-hmm. lots of people who are like you're upset because your cat died is like yeah it's like a yeah. part of my family you jerk <laughs> what do you mean of course i'm upset um or like things like that where it's like they really just don't there's an inherent disrespect for animals that just stems from colonialism uh and that is like really messed up. So, uh, and it really just like spreads across this planet like a literal disease, uh, as colonization and westernization has. Um, mm-hmm. The reality being that humans have reshaped this entire planet uh, in irreparable ways that extend past the damage of any other invasive species that has ever been here. Um, and that we've justified with euphemisms like innovation and progress. Ultimately, the movie sums up the thesis of the ghouls quite nicely, that people are trash and that people are parasites. Um, Mm -hmm. We forget too often that we are just also animals, creatures that live on this planet that depend on the planet to live uh, just like anything else. Uh, (laughs) What I really loved about this film is it really just made you root for the main character who protects the creatures that can't protect themselves by murdering the people who commit those atrocities. Um, So as Gabe was saying, it's like a lot of times we're like, we're not pro murder. We're not. Uh, But this was an instance where you're like, I get it though. Um, Yeah. 
<laughs> go ahead you know and while the main character is arguably like pretty strange quirky and somewhat unhinged you really couldn't help but like root for her throughout the entire film i love that the film specifically chose that angle for it and that the whole demon like what was demonized was not her uh yeah or like her little ragtag group of people like it was really they were not quiet about being like do you see what they're doing like these people over here that are being murdered because they should Mm -hmm. (laughs) so why was this lady so upset about the hunting in her community there are a lot of very good reasons for this and i did some research specifically about hunting and over hunting uh and the inherent difference between hunting for survival and hunting for recreation and how that's largely impacted the environment uh there are many angles i could have taken for this episode from how the meat industry treats the animals that we consume in mass uh to the extent of the extinction that has taken place as a result um but i've chosen the latter to focus on for this episode and hopefully we'll get to explore this topic further as we explore more eco horror or as we continue like just with our show in general um essentially hunting past the means of necessity is a disruption of our ecosystem and is devastating because of that and it's ultimately very unsustainable um it impacts much more than just the animals when people disrupt the natural flow of nature through overhunting of animals uh even the natural national science foundation outlines the ways in which overhunting has impacted trees and other plants in an article titled Fruits of the Forest Gone, Overhunting of Large Animals Has Catastrophic Effects on Trees. This article specifically covers the issue uh, within Thailand, but the information cover is applicable to any and all ecosystems in which hunting has impacted them. Uh, Overhunting of animals affects the entire forest. While the loss of these animals is concerning for species conservation, now researchers at the University of Florida have shown that overhunting can have widespread effects on the forest itself. Overhunting leads to the extinction of the dominant tree species, Melusia horsefieldi, or the Melusa beech, with likely cascading effects on the other forest biota. So the article continues to kind of outline the way in which the hunting of large animals limits the seed dispersal from the trees uh, and the disruption, how that impacts every area of the forest. So from impacting the literal size of the forest habitat to impacting the types of plants that can develop throughout it. Ultimately, there's this sense of urgency that exists when it comes to limiting the amount of hunting that takes place within forests and other ecosystems in order to prevent the extension of not only the animals that depend on the habitats to live, but the trees that make up that environment. Uh, The implication being that over the next hundred years, if things do not improve, uh, these ecosystems, the animals within them and the plant life within them will cease to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that I thought that was like a really interesting way to kind of approach uh, the issue that it wasn't like it. Yes, it is horrible that these big animals are being killed, but it impacts so many other things that aren't like overtly obvious. It impacts the way the trees develop. It impacts like the biodiversity of these ecosystems. Um, So something that like seemingly seems like not uh, like overtly like you wouldn't think about the trees when you're thinking about like a bear being murdered but that's Mm -hmm. something that it does dramatically impact um and another article from green journal titled what effect does overhunting have on the environment more context is provided for that problem while hunting has been recorded across almost all human history there is an issue surrounding the relationship between humanity and nature that is 
inherently disrespectful and exploited exploited within colonialism as well as like our modern capitalistic society uh traditionally hunters what hunting was intended for survival as natives in areas throughout the world would only gather what they needed to live during the antiquity period before the middle ages hunting evolved into a privilege for people in higher societal classes this practice has contributed to the concept known as overhunting over the subsequent centuries um the cause is when individuals hunt outside of necessity, uh, ultimately. Um, when it's done as something, as it said, as a privilege, uh, that it should be treated like a literal, like to take a life of something else is not something anyone should be taking lightly or be doing mm-hmm. for fun. Um, yeah. And it really has stemmed from this like class thing. So how are classes established? Money, finances what's the cause capitalism it all comes back (laughs) every Um, time but it's like it's one thing to hunt in order to feed oneself or close oneself but it's what is taking place is like extends so far past that and the overhunting of certain areas for sport for like recreation not necessity and by companies in order to create an abundance to meet market expectations or achieve profit is what is doing the most damage. Uh, what we see is individuals hunting as a means of competition or for recreational purposes and doing so with an inherently exploitive nature behind it. Uh, without regulations surrounding this, we have an entire species that go extinct or ecosystems that are decimated by poachers and big business. Um, this also extends to deforestation, the removing of trees. We remove habitats. Uh, we remove the ecosystems in which animals need to survive. So in yeah, building like the for- tigers. No, yeah, exactly. Um, and the things that like sometimes I feel like people don't realize impact this is the fact that we build cities and we build houses that are not sustainable. We build countless things that are not sustainable we have landfills filled with garbage that is unsustainable and things that are intentionally made poorly in order to encourage continued participation in capitalism um the result is the decimation of trees on our planet at a faster rate than they're able to be replenished the same applies to animals who depend on these trees to live and the animals that are destroyed by the textile industry and the exotic animal trade uh there are so many ways that capitalism colonialism and imperialism has transformed the landscapes and and in inherently exploitative way that has landed us where we are now um an example that immediately comes to mind is the extinction of the buffalo in the u.s both as a means for hurting the native populations and like making it so they weren't able to fight back uh but also for profit and excess like we literally destroyed like america specifically drove an entire species to be extinct it's decimated the farming in the midwest uh by over farming Mm. that you literally can't farm there anymore um the drain and exploitation of natural resources for literal imaginary currency mm-hmm. has destroyed this planet. So I think we should just not have money. But we knew that about me already. Um, <laughs> the article goes on to talk about the lasting implications of the ecosystem that we're destroying as the trees and animals and biodiversity uh, is what makes this planet hospitable for life. Uh we need to help it in order to not destroy ourselves and everything else. Um, well, if we continue this way, continue to destroy, um, it is likely that the destruction of this eco- ecosystem will destroy what allows for our own survival. Um, in most cases, animals provide a surface service that makes the planet hospitable. Because we have biodiversity, we in turn can enjoy our 
agriculture systems, water sources, climate stability, blah, blah, blah. Oh my goodness. Climate stability and clean air. If you consider that each animal has a part in how this earth operates, you can see that extinction disrupts the entire system, leading to serious implications. Okay, so we can see this improve if we take the necessary steps to support the restoration of these ecosystems and also just like operate in ways that do not inherently exploit and destroy them. Um, mm. I think the biggest piece is learning how to partner with our planet in ways that don't harm the ecosystem that we depend on for life. Uh, and Gabe had mentioned earlier when we were off the air, there's something that's like always missing in terms of a lot of the restoration attempts because they don't consult native populations um, in this restoration process before colonialism and all that happened. There were people here who were actively taking care of the land and living symbiotically with the planet and like treating it like it's an actual thing instead of this like resource thing to like exploit and destroy uh mm -hmm. and like imperialism itself is what naturally led to that because that was the whole thing you went to a place to steal its resources and exploit its people and then that has just inherently motivated what all exploration has been from anyone from the western world uh and it's just super gross but with all that to say there are things that you can do that are small enough that like, please just start the process. <laughs> um, and, mm -hmm. and the things that come so small from this, there's a list that I'm going to give you, but one of them is just building awareness and education and using the resources you have currently to do that. So following content creators who educate on these things, follow native creators that educate on these things, follow like, support the things you want to see more of so that we can help save the planet man mm -hmm. um, but the list goes on the first one is increased regulations uh we need to ensure that this area is not hunted in excess and that the trees are not harvested harvested in excess there needs to be regulations that prevent these things and strict rules for enforcing them so like in the movie when she's very upset that someone has murdered her dogs unjustly mm -hmm. and everyone's like why are you so upset they aren't people like, no, there should be consequences for brutally murdering, murdering animals. There should be consequences for hunting like excessively and for sport. Like if you are not hunting to literally survive, you should not be able to hunt. Um, mm -hmm. Eliminating hunting as a sport would be a good start. In my opinion, we also need to change our society from operating exploit exploitatively both of our populations, but also of our planet and the shift to a more wellness focused structure and more symbiotic relationship, essentially money in its current form needs to go mm -hmm. for us to actually make these kinds of meaningful changes, um, or at least the way we operate within money and exploit money, uh, or mm -hmm. people for money. Um, but the awareness and education is we need to educate our future generations of wildlife cons conservation and learn this, that these things from the people who know, um, and living in a way that doesn't actively damage our planet. Many people don't realize that there are these issues at hand or, or just ignorant of them, providing people with practical next steps and using your platform 
platforms to educate others is a a necessity and necessary step towards solving the problems. And the article also states that you should require hunters to learn about overhunting and the problems associated with it before they're even able to receive licenses, um, which I agree with. Um, The last thing that's fairly easy to do is support ethical products. Put your money where what you want to see is. That's why I was saying, Gabe, like you purchasing books that Mm -hmm. educate on eco-horror and like eco-centered thoughts. uh, Mm -hmm. That is its own form of activism because you're supporting the people who are doing the thing you want to see more of. Um, As consumers, we need to back up what we want to see with our money. The article says uh, each dollar is a vote, and that's true in a lot of ways within our current society. If we want the planet to change, we need to support organizations and companies doing that work um, and people doing that work. This includes doing so with our food choices as well Uh, when possible so meatless mondays and stuff like you know what i mean like just removing the amount of meat you consume can drastically impact the damage that is done to the planet obviously this is more complicated when thinking of the reality of food deserts poverty and the other things that decrease access to these kinds of choices um so for that i say like when possible do that uh Mm -hmm. within the current system we're in until that system is dismantled um even decreasing the amount of like Products that you use that are invasive when you're talking about the bay, making sure that you're using things that if they are taken into the water through runoff, making sure that those things are not going to actively harm the ecosystems that exist in the water. Um, And also it's like when you're exploring all these things, do what you can when you can and recognize that because of the way our system is set up, there are instances that you won't that won't be possible. And ultimately, we all need to remember who the real enemy is. Um, and not attack each other. Uh, so if you have the means, we recommend donating to environmental organizations, supporting products that you consider good for the planet, and educate yourself ultimately and use your time when you can to learn, sign petitions, advocate, and so on. Uh, we will always provide links and resources at the end uh, in our yeah. show notes and what have you. Um, yeah. And we um, can also share a link to that tiktok you sent me of Mm -hmm. the just about like ecology and how we're trying to be conservationists but we're ignoring the indigenous populations who are already doing that work and not like in big studies considering like you should study how they've been doing it and like consider them part of the process uh and because there is a respect there that we just never had um and so we'll we'll have those resources And maybe I'll do a list of top 10 eco horror. <laughs> yeah, I think so that would be great, read. honestly. Because, like, yeah, we ultimately, if we live in a capitalistic society, we need to put our money where our mouths are, if we have money. And if you don't, mm-hmm. just do whatever you can in your current space, if that's donating your time, if that's literally just learning about stuff. Uh, and also, just, like, make sure you're getting information from the right people. So, like, if you notice that you're only hearing from people who work at big companies or a bunch of white people, maybe change the things you like on your tickety talks or consuming in your medias so that you get sent the other stuff because it exists and it's out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. my long rant. I didn't expect to go on a giant capitalistic rant, but, like, after I got started, I was like, oh, my gosh. Burn the money. Burn it. So that's just how I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I agree. And because it always comes down to that. It really does. Um, and I think what's interesting with this film is that it, it kind of, we, 
weaves in that because we do see like the fox farms and stuff but it's it's clear that it's a societal thing and that because society was saying it's okay everyone else thought it was okay and like especially seeing the indoctrination of the children into this like ideology of like we kill the animals and it's fun um (laughs) is a problem and i don't uh i think it was like really well told in that way yeah and i mean it's like also it's like you're considering like the fact that that's like something that's very real that happens like that most oppressive systems are indoctrination based um Mm -hmm. and that we witness a lot of that within our own education systems religions systems and etc um and yeah i'm not saying like don't eat meat ever in your life if you need it to survive do that but don't do more than that you don't need you don't need to be murdering a lion because you're bored and because you have money you don't need to be the owner of Jimmy Jones cool on Instagram. murdering a rhino. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you don't need you don't need to hunt things because you think it's cool and you want to wear your pants, your khaki pants, and go be rich people <laughs> in other places when you don't need to. <laughs> so roasting khaki pants. Khaki here. pants and cargo shorts need to be burned. They don't actually, <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, um, that's what I associate uh, with. <laughs> The Can images of gross men standing next to dead animals uh, is usually khaki pants or cargo shorts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> feels like inappropriate, but I do have the the animal trials. Yeah. If we wanted to talk about them since we have time. Yeah. I mean, I it's, it. it's still like horrific and the, the people did that to animals but then are gonna go turn around and be like they don't got souls but we're gonna try yeah them exactly right like when they get murdered how can we day. have history yeah historically like <laughs> put animals into court but we're like they're not people yeah like, <laughs> and people think we're crazy i don't even care because if anything that just makes them underestimate us more yeah and then we murder i'm gonna go yell at people in public let's go <laughs> so um i thought it was really exciting when I, in the film when uh she was like i found these things on the internet of trials of animals and i was like i bet those are real and that it wasn't yeah. make-believe and it was real um she does cite like there was a pig that was hanged because it had strangled uh and defaced a baby in its cradle um and uh, I found this like <laughs> this fun article on history revealed. It's <laughs> just like I doubt any of this is super great, but um, they say that multiple witnesses claimed that the pig let itself into the house and defigured and ate the face and neck of the said child. So like as if it was on purpose. And the judge found the swine guilty and sentenced it to be hanged uh, or hung. Uh, there was a time when a man sexually assaulted a donkey, and the man was uh sentenced that's good but they made it like the donkey had participated in the event uh um but one witness a character (laughs) witness for the popular donkey said that the donkey was a most honest creature uh (laughs) and then the court judged that it had not participated in a master's crime of her own free will which is nice um i thought uh it was really interesting so there's like let me see. Uh, cockerel was burned to death. Weevils, uh, unknown sentence, but they damaged a, vi- a vineyard. Uh, an elephant killed the handler, and it got death by hanging. And when you think about like how mistreated animals, 
specifically elephants have been historically. Yeah. I think we could do that. All Rats destroyed. Down. <laughs> Rats destroyed a barley crop, but they were exonerated. Uh, <laughs> primate uh, was a French spy, supposedly, and was hung. Uh, this one says, during the Napoleonic Wars, anything French was treated with suspicion in Britain. So after a friendship wrecked off the coast of Hartlepool and the sole survivor made it into town, the locals were concerned he was a spy, even though he was a monkey. Uh, <laughs> according to local legends, uh, they had trial, found him guilty, and hung him. Uh, but it's it could be not real. Uh, yeah, there's just, there's ten here. Um... <laughs> a cow pushes a woman over, sentenced to death. Um, and then bear well, yeah. steals honey. <laughs> if you think about like, okay, so person goes to zoo, falls in zoo place, zoo animal does zoo animal time. Harambe. They murder zoo animal. Like, they don't even get a trial. All I'm saying yeah. is, it's like, we're all here <laughs> saying divine intervention or whatever. We're seeking this whole ridiculousness and murdering things all the time. But the second they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it back by accident. Like, not even. Yeah, like, mean. they just, like, fight back because, like, oh, my God, like, you're in my space. I'm just reacting. Let's destroy the forest and then be mad that the animals are coming into the cities. Yeah. So, like, part of me wish that it was an animal um i was kind of hoping it was like some evolved animal that was well the humans are animals so we're acting for you know what i meant i know what you meant that's what i'm just saying yeah anyway this film was super fun the reality of situation not super fun uh do what you can read up on things try to be more intentional meatless monday is super cool um but also just like being conscious of what we're putting into the earth and and not doing things in excess just for kicks that's not how you get power that is a red flag yeah so and out like, there if you see if you date someone and they say they're a hunter like drop them yeah. <laughs> you need to make it uncool yeah and i mean ultimately it's like you think about like the areas in which like there's things you can do and there's things that you can't so like there are times when this is going to happen and we're not going to like help each other by like messing somebody up because they use invasive hair products or something you know what i mean yeah. it's like the real enemy is jeff bezos the real yeah. enemy <laughs> is the billionaires that have been actively exploiting the planet this whole time so like make sure like obviously call people out when they do something wrong but mm-hmm. but yeah and i think that's reason. a big thing too is like we Poverty can reduce our thing. carbon footprint but yeah there's a much bigger carbon footprint coming from the larger corporations and that doesn't mean you can't do your part it just means like when they're trying to make us feel bad, don't. Yeah, like, don't <laughs> listen to realize them. realize that it's, the, it's them it's we need to literally change. literally exploitation and them manipulating you, so. Yeah, we need more sustainable practices all around. Um, and incorporate different cultures and understandings of the environment into our studies and the way that we are trying to protect it to best serve it, right? Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. If um, you're upon a capitalism, deprogram yourself. If you're a pawn of yeah. any oppressive system, deprogram yourself. It is the key to happiness. Um, and also knowledge. So do those things if you can. Yeah. That's my little rant of the do day. You. My one ear is like super red compared to the other one. And I don't know why. That's true. Um, it's warm. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Um, well, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a short episode um, for a long film. But I feel like with, you know, we have one more episode left in our eco-horror and then we're going to change it up. But if you have any suggestions or thoughts about eco-horror, if you're reading a really read book that you want me to put onto my uh, to be read on Goodreads, let me know. Um, if there's a film that you think would be interesting to cover, like if we want to like come back to this topic which we probably will because there's always eco horror out there um let us know and remember to like and subscribe uh yeah. you can email us at the ghouls next door at gmail.com and uh everywhere on social media you can comment on things we respond yeah. <laughs> we're small enough that it's not the worst thing in the world and also like if you're out here doing the work and you want your platform am- amplified let us know and yeah if like, we don't already know about you we want to so tell us so we can send people your way um yeah agreed yeah yeah all right well don't get married relate your kids hopefully our kids are radical too they are gonna be radical radical spawn unless they want to like rebel against us so they just become pawns like my biggest fear (laughs) it's like like, because you want to do the thing your parents not doing but like when you're like i'm like oh no what if they're like mom capitalism's great and i'm like it's not who raised you me it couldn't be my spawn (laughs) well i don't think that's gonna happen i don't think so your influence my influence i say his influence everyone else it's gonna it's gonna end up just fine yeah Um, okay yeah bye